In the currency of eternal things, you know, like leading worship for 10 Awana students, in God's eyes, is not any less than leading for 300 adults. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Loop Community Podcast, where we're passionate about providing you with quality and affordable resources to help your band sound great, but most of all, to help you sound like you. I'm here with my co-host, Derek. How's it going, Derek? It's good. Derek, what would you say is a piece of technology that has been invented, I would say, in the recent past? You know, we're not going to go back way far like the telephone, but like in the recent past, that has really improved your life. Oof, a lot of things. One big one is... Apple's technology of being able to connect my phone, my computer, my iPad just so easily. File sharing, AirDrop. Everything. Um, just everything. Yeah, right. And, and they keep doing that more and more and more. Yeah, you just... Where everything's just seamless. You can text from your computer and your phone. Yeah, that was a big one. I can't remember how long ago that was. Maybe like seven years ago. Yeah. Maybe it was even not that long ago. Maybe five years ago when they introduced like messaging on your computer. Yeah, it's so nice. And that made a big difference. Yeah. To make us all go insane. <laughs> yes, to make it so it's like you're always checking your phone. Yeah. Uh, I don't like when I get the notification on yeah, it's both. Like, ding, 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 ding. Like yep. every device in your whole room yeah. goes off at your the same Apple time. Your Apple Watch, your iPad. Your, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is nice, especially for file sharing and right. all of that. Another one is YouTube TV. I don't know if anybody out there has tried it. Um, I was one of the first people to sign on. I saw an ad on the train the week it was released and was like, oh, we don't have cable. Let's try it. Free for a month. And, yeah. and uh, this gives you like local TV, right? Yeah, so you get local channels, cable channels. I think it's up to like 70 right now. Yeah. And it's on your phone, your computer, smart TV, Xbox, and it is unlimited DVR. It's super cheap compared to cable. Hashtag not an ad, but uh, it's wow. it's really cool. I like it a lot. So that's one thing I like. Yeah, that, that is pretty amazing. Technology is crazy. I signed up for Hulu. Oh, nice. I've been enjoying it so far. And it's pretty affordable, like 40 bucks a month. For the TV, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like an ad for Hulu and YouTube. But um, I would say for me, like Slack has been a big thing, Ooh, which we yeah. just started using about a year ago. Mm-hmm. But like a really great way to keep communication in one place. Because before we were all texting each other. Mm-hmm. And those can just get out of hand. And so Slack has been kind of a communication tool we can use internally. I feel like that would actually be really good for churches and worship leaders. Yeah. Definitely. To use even with their teams, their worship teams, or church staff. I'm sure there's churches using that. Yeah. But that's been an incredible tool. I was just driving yesterday with Mary, and we haven't owned a car in 10 years because mm-hmm. we lived in the city. And so we recently bought a car. And so this is, this is kind of lame because this has been around forever. But for me, I was driving around and I was like, Mary, I think one of the best inventions ever since the GPS for cars is backup cameras. Backup cameras are great. Like, it's actually unbelievable yeah. how helpful and useful that is. For sure. And it's one of those things that I feel like is now a staple. Like, people, they put them in, like, every car now. Yeah. And it probably has saved a lot of lives, too. Like, you know, not running over people, but also, <laughs> right. like, not hitting, not hitting cars. cars. It's just saved a lot of accidents from happening. But 
backup cameras. Yeah. I'm going to go with that one. Cool. So we're in a new year, 2019. Mm-hmm. Technology is always changing. Yeah. Constantly changing. I mean, we're going to record this podcast a year from now, and probably a lot of this stuff is going to be different, which is exciting. Um, but I think as we go into this new year, there's guys who are listening to this, and maybe their role is also changing. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something like, you know, they've been working at a church and maybe it's transitioning in more to a volunteer role or maybe people are becoming dads and they're having to like pull back their time or, you know, there's volunteer worship leaders who, you know, are giving their time to church, but they're squeezing that in around, you know, a busy work schedule, a busy life schedule. And so things are constantly changing and evolving and, you know, you have to figure out how to like fit in worship leading into all this. Mm-hmm. And um, this interview with Brandon Leafblad is very interesting on a couple fronts. One, he's an inventor, so he's creating technology, which we'll talk about in the interview. He talks about he's trying to reinvent the in-ear monitor system Mm -hmm. and make it a truly wireless system that you can actually use with your phone, which is pretty cool. But we also talk about changes from, you know, being on staff at a church like full-time to being more of a volunteer. And how do you handle that transition? Yeah. And be content with those changes. And that can be a hard thing, especially for artists and worship leaders who are really passionate about what they do. A lot of them, it's a dream to do that for a living. You know, musicians want to do music for a living, but sometimes it's not always possible. Yeah. And so we talk about that a little bit and a pretty interesting interview. So let's go and listen to that now and we'll, we'll be back and talk more about it. Brandon, thanks so much for being here, man. Absolutely. We're here in the Chicago offices. It's always way more fun doing these interviews in person because you actually get to like see the person. And So you just flew in from where? Uh, I live in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. And so Brandon and I, I mean, we're fellow business owners. That's right. You know, fellow entrepreneurs. Fellow entrepreneurs. I'm running Loop Community and you are the co-founder of Audio Fusion. Tell the listeners just what Audio Fusion is. Sure. So Audio Fusion is a brand new software system that basically turns your MacBook and your iPhone into wireless in-ear monitoring system. Wireless in-ear monitors. That's right. It so sounds like, like the future. Yeah. So it's like a wireless <laughs> body pack and an Avion or a live mix yep. all rolled into one. So you plug in your in-ears right into your phone. Exactly. And that is the receiver, basically. Right. And so our yeah. technology is delivering that audio in yeah. real time over Wi-Fi so that you can take advantage of those yeah. incredible devices that you already own. Yeah. And so by doing that, we're, we're trying to make in-ear monitoring affordable for any church. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And I can probably almost guarantee that almost every person listening to this podcast, all of our Loop Community users are using in-ear monitors because you kind of have to have in-ear monitors Absolutely, to use tracks. Yes. So, you know, whether they're plugging into like a, what, an Avium or Behringer, or what maybe all even these, just a headphone amp. Yeah, or a headphone right? amp. This is definitely something that would make everyone's life a lot easier. I can't even imagine just plugging right into my iPhone, pulling into church. So I think that's really cool. We're going to talk more about that. But you're also a worship leader. That's right, yeah. At your church. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, how'd you even get started in doing music at church? Sure. Well, my wife, Rachel, and I, we've lived in Austin since 2001. So we moved down there to sell computer components to Dell, and we got plugged in to Hill Country Bible Church down there in Austin and really just, just fell in love with the church. They had a and have a vision for planting churches. I think over the past 30 years, they've planted more than 30 churches in and around the greater Austin area. 
But when I first moved there, I'd only started playing the guitar maybe for a couple of years. Right. And so And you, you were know, volunteering. Yeah. So I was a volunteer and so as as a volunteer, I was looking at what was taking place up on stage and I said, Well, that's not me. Uh, where where can I serve? So I started out playing in Awana. Right. Yeah, started yeah. leading. I was and, in Awana. And I started playing for our fourth and fifth grade ministry. Wow. And so we started off back at that time, maybe fifty fifth graders and eventually grew that whole ministry into like 250, almost 300 wow. fifth and sixth graders. Wow. And so we had two full bands that were rotating on an every other week basis and yeah. you know, really grew the, grew the ministry. And so through that process, not only was I learning, but I was also teaching uh, students, yeah. uh, middle school students and high school students. I was mentoring them. And, and what kind of songs are you playing in Awana. <laughs> is it a want like Awana songs or were you doing like Well, it's funny because uh for the for our fifth and sixth graders I was playing like Crowder and yeah. you know Hillsong stuff. But for Awana we played like the sheep song. Yeah. You know, we actually did a really cool version of the Sparks song yeah. that we redid. Whoa. Made a great great arrangement of the Sparks song. And so every Sunday I'd drive around my neighborhood and I'd pick up, you know, load the minivan full of all the kids yep. and their instruments and we'd drive up <laughs> to the main campus and right. and uh, and go to town. So. Wow, that's awesome. So did you have a band or was it just you on a guitar? So when I very first started, it was just me and a guitar. I mean, I'd never even played in a band before when I first got to Hill Country. But when we began and, and started to develop the fifth, fifth and sixth grade ministry, yeah. that's when I started learning how to play in a band. We actually had in-ear monitors at that time. It was a kind of a hand-me-down situation. We had some old avioms that we used. Um, so I've actually played with in-ears for a long time, since probably 04 or 05. And so, but you know, I, that whole process of learning to play with a band, and it's a lot easier actually when you're playing just you and a guitar, right? and you don't have to follow anybody else or play with anybody else. And so I learned through that process and at our church, the way that we talk about it, we say, you know, who are you and, and how can we help you take your next step in ministry? And so after leading uh, with the fifth and sixth graders for several years, they came to me and they said, hey, Brandon, we, you know, we'd love to have you come and, you know, maybe start playing with the adults. And it was about that same time that we as a neighborhood decided to start the very first multi-site campus of Hill Country Bible Church. So historically they'd done all church planting. This is the first time they were going to do a multi-site, a venue church. And so I got the huge privilege to lead worship for the adults for our campus, you know, for, for the, the multi-site. First, yeah, for the first year and that we met. is it like portable church? Yeah, portable church. We were setting up and tearing down every week at the elementary school. Yep. And I know uh, that way. Yeah. And so uh, it was great. I mean, we started off with about 70 people and grew it on our one year anniversary. We had 370 people. So, I mean, it was just, it just exploded. Wow. And what came with that, because I was doing at that time, not only was I uh, leading worship, but I also was sort of the executive pastor for that campus and I was working full time. But of course, everybody was a volunteer. And so I've actually never been on staff at a church. Wow, so you volunteer the whole time? Volunteer the whole time. Wow. Did they ever ask you to join staff? There's been a lot of times in the years that I've led worship where I thought, you know, maybe I, maybe this is my calling. Maybe I should go on staff or, or join a church staff somewhere. Yeah, because at this time you're selling computer parts. We That's kind right. of went over that really fast. Yeah. But I actually wanted to pause and be like, what? You were working for Dell selling computer parts? Well, I was selling stuff to Dell. 
which is okay. not one of the easiest customers in the world. And we just, um, I mean, I was doing that. That was my full-time gig. Yeah. That was my, you know, that was my tent making. Yeah. And so I would do that, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week sometimes traveling wow. internationally quite a bit. There was a couple year stretch there where I traveled to China eight times wow. each year. So, I mean, it was a full-time job and I was, you know, volunteering as the, you know, as the worship leader during that time as well. And so I thought, well, maybe this is really what I, I should be doing. But, but my wife is a, she's a PK. Her yeah. father was a pastor. In fact, they just celebrated their 50th anniversary as a church. And her father was the pastor for 30 of those years. Wow. And she has always been adamant that you don't have to be on staff in order to have a huge impact in her life. Right. All the guys that she really looked up to were the lay leaders, the lay volunteers at her church who had full-time jobs, yeah. but they volunteered and they gave to the church, yeah. not only of their time, but of their you know generous treasure yeah. as well. So. so what was it like having a full-time job and then volunteering at a church? Because that does take a lot of time. I know there's people who are listening to this podcast who probably have full-time jobs and then they volunteer full-time at their church. <laughs> Basically, you know, Wednesday night rehearsal and then Thursday night Awana and then Absolutely. Saturday evening service and Sunday morning service. And like, what is that like? Because I've actually never really experienced that until very recently. So when we got to our one-year celebration leading up to that, I mean, it was too much trying to be both the executive pastor of this campus, trying to make sure all the ministries had the resources that they needed, as well as leading worship every single Sunday. We finally went to the executive team and we said, hey, I can either do this executive pastor role or I can continue leading worship, but I, I can't do both. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, deep down, I really wanted them to say, oh, Brandon, you should be the worship leader. Yeah, They, they hired a, a part-time guy and brought in a worship leader to lead, and I continued in that executive pastor role. So what ended up happening was they said, Brandon, thank you so much for your year of service here. You know, you've done an amazing job and don't worry. I mean, you'll, it's not over for you. I mean, you know, right. he's a part-time guy. You'll, you'll be back up there. Oh, interesting. And yeah. Three months goes by and six months went by. And you're not getting scheduled. And I was never scheduled. And I finally said, guys, I, I didn't oh. leave. I'm still here. Yeah. And with this new direction that they were taking, they wanted to do more multi-site campuses. They were in the planning to do some more of these. They said, you know, we need to get our arms around what does that look like as a church and as a leadership. And they, they ended up deciding that basically the worship leader at the main campus would be responsible for the level of quality and the musicianship at every single campus. So in other words, they were raising the bar. They said, if you couldn't play at the main campus, you, you wouldn't even play anywhere. at the any, any campus. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for raising the bar, yeah. but I mean, that was really painful because they, they yeah. said, basically, you're not good enough to play at your own campus anymore. Right. And so... And they weren't actually just saying that. I mean, I forced the issue. I said, yeah. guys, what's, yeah. what's the deal? And they said, right. we would rather hire a band to come in that we know that the quality level is is acceptable or excellent <laughs> then have before, you play then have you play oh gosh but and i yeah. was continuing to serve right i was to continue to serve at awana i was to continuing to mentor students yeah uh, we were still leading for our fourth and fifth grade ministry and so over time so it's been eight years and i'm i've continued to to serve at that campus and the thought you know, would come and go where we would say, well, there are tons of churches out there that would love to have a worship leader. Mm -hmm. And you know, that would love someone. Yeah, that, you know, that pours into students and who, yeah. you know, who does the things that we do. And I don't know, we've never felt the call. We've never, 
felt like God was taking asking us to go anywhere. We just we love our neighborhood so much, and we want yeah we want those people to to be reached to, to have you know to come to a life saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in that neighborhood, and that's that's our passion. That's always been our passion, and so we continue to serve every single week. And right. yeah, never getting paid. Never getting paid. Um, Because you're not working, you're not selling parts to Dell anymore. That's right. right. But you've got other things going. That's right. Audio Fusion. Okay, so you're still playing with Farawana, but not on the main services. That's right. That's right. So, and you want to? I I would. I mean, I would love to. Yeah. I mean, not every Sunday, but over that time, I have gotten a lot better. You know, we've been playing now to a click. Yeah. And, you know, things that we didn't do back back when our campus started, you know, there's resources that, help us do this better. Right. And, right. And I have gotten a lot better. And so, and, and probably one of the biggest things that have helped with that, uh, about five years ago, I started serving in our Celebrate Recovery ministry. Uh, I wouldn't serve every single week, but probably every, once a month, maybe once every other month, I would go and I would lead for, yeah. uh, for adults. And I don't want to say that our neighborhood is stiff, but you know, the year that I led the adults in our neighborhood, there yeah. wasn't a lot of hand raising going on. There wasn't right, a right. lot of clapping and engagement. You know, you start to think, well, maybe it was me. But I went and led for Celebrate Recovery, and it wasn't me. Yeah, I mean, right. it is, those folks are just all in, yeah. and it's an amazing ministry to serve in. So I've had that as my outlet to grow and to learn, and um, yeah, and really working with the students that I have, mentoring them, giving them a chance. And now using Audio Fusion, I mean, I've got middle school students and high school students playing to a click. We're running prime. They just pull out their phone. They do their mix. They don't think anything of it. They're just like, well, right. how else would you do this? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they probably love it. Yeah. You just said something that made me think of, uh, you know, you're like, I thought their lack of engagement was me. That made me think of something that someone told me once that has stuck with me. I remember I was leading worship somewhere and I said something similar to that. I was like, wow, we must have just like really sounded bad or something. And this woman said to me, she's like, listen, what's dangerous about that thinking is that the opposite would then would apply, which would mean that when they are really engaged and, you know, raising their hands and clapping and singing that it's because of you. Right. And it's like, no, like it's because of the Lord and the spirit working. So like thinking that people are not engaged because of your performance would mean that you actually think that when they are engaged, it is because of your performance. Right, right. Which she was like, hey, that's like really dangerous thinking. Like it's not, you know, it's not about you at all. Right. And that has really stuck with me as like, it can be so tempting to think that for sure. Well, and it was very tempting, especially at a time when when my church was telling me that I wasn't good enough to leave. Oh, yeah. Totally. That, you know, I thought, well, maybe they're right. Right. And right. So how has that been for you? Yes, you're not leading on the campus, because I'm sure there's a lot of Loop Community listeners who have experienced this kind of feeling of like, oh, I want to be playing drums more on the main campus, but they never schedule me. And I don't know why. For some reason, they're not scheduling me. You know, they're using a track instead of me for some reason. Or there's probably a vocalist who's thinking, you know, like, I want to lead a song, but they never let me lead a song. I'm always, you know, singing harmony the whole time or... Right. And like, how have you kind of dealt with that? Well, the hardest part for me has been really just the issue of pride. Yeah. I'm, I'm a high two and... Oh, uh, Enneagram. And, yes. And, Here we go. And so, you know, I'm, I'm constantly yeah. serving, you know, that's my nature. And it's funny, I've thought for years about why it is 
that worship leaders even want to be on stage? What is it a, about us that God has wired us to want to, yeah, who to would lead. even want to be on stage? What yeah, is, right in front of people. Right. And I, I found that my issue is pride and I want people to see the way that right. I'm serving and how much time that I'm spending serving and how much am I giving and what is resulting from that. Yeah. And thinking again that that's all about me or that's all right so i would just encourage anybody who who's in that place where they're they feel like maybe there should be more or maybe Mm -hmm. there could be more just to take what it is that god gives you and do with it the absolute best that you possibly can yeah in the currency of eternal things you know like leading worship for 10 awana students in God's eyes, is not any less Absolutely. than leading for 300 adults. Absolutely. And we can be really tempted to think that, well, that's better. It's bigger. It's more sexy. You know what I mean? Like, right. And there's been times in my career when I've led for 300 yeah, right. fifth and sixth graders. Right. And, you know, there's times this past year when we've had 12 yeah, fourth right. and fifth graders. So, yep. Do what God has given you. That's right. You know, to the best of your ability and trust him you know to grow the the uh breadth of your ministry i know the church that i'm at now they they talk a lot about like we're concerned about the depth of our ministry and then let god like take care of the breadth yes as far as like how big he wants to make it (laughs) how many people are impacted yes and if i had gone certainly wouldn't have been a sin to go to another church and to use my gift in some other way i mean there are lots of churches who could use a good worship leader but had i done that you know not having heard you know heard a call you know, I would have missed all kinds of other opportunities, and Audio yeah. Fusion being one of them, really. Yeah. I mean, if we weren't still in our neighborhood, I yeah, you, know, you wouldn't have. Three years ago, I wouldn't have bumped into my co-founder right. coming out of Target and saying, "Hey, what are you working on?" Yeah, right. so, isn't that amazing? Well, you'll be interested in this. Yeah, and so you know, it's the things that that God has in store for us. Yeah, that you don't even realize. We don't even realize. Right, trusting Him with the bigger picture. It's funny because this interview could maybe even be used as the Brandon audition reel. Like, <laughs> hey, if you're a church out there looking for a worship leader, <laughs> we've got one right here. But what was it like working full-time, you know, selling parts of Dell, and then being a worship leader at the church? Was it really hard to balance the two? Or did you find yourself like focusing more on the worship than less on the computer parts or vice versa? Or uh, I would go through seasons for yeah. sure where I would spend more emphasis or time on another depending on the yeah. needs of the family at the time. Yeah. It's interesting because one of the big challenges that anybody who spends a lot of time volunteering their time is the potential conflict or, or toll that that can take at home. Yeah. It's funny, I would go to pick up my guitar to practice and suddenly a a long list of honeydew things would pop into my wife's head. Right, totally. Well, you know, you should do this and this and this and this before you yeah. start practicing yeah. guitar, right? right. Um, those kinds of things that that yeah. would, that would happen. And like, how do you even balance it all? Right. How and do you balance a full time job and then all the the time commitments and practicing songs and you know looking at the planning center set and listening right. to all the songs? How do you right. even balance that with a and with a family too? And I think for me, probably the biggest thing was getting my daughters involved. So I've got two girls. My oldest one, well, they're both sophomores. My oldest is a sophomore at Texas State, and my youngest is a sophomore in high school. And so even from when they were very little, you know, I got them involved. So they were part of the band, you know, that came with me and played at Awana. So doing that as a family was 
was yeah. a big part of it. But I would go through seasons where I would think, man, am I, am I crazy for doing this? And, mm -hmm. you know, Paul even talks about that, right? If, if this isn't real, if what we're doing, you know, if Christ did not come, if Christ didn't die for us, then <laughs> I yeah. mean, what we're doing is crazy. Right. And the time that we spend and the, the energy and the efforts that we expend for that purpose are, right. are foolish. Right. You know, you and I are very similar in that we're like half entrepreneur, half worship leader. And I know for me, it's been a hard balance sometimes of like, sure, ah, oh, I love leading worship, but I've got this business that I'm building to help worship leaders. And you're doing the similar, very similar thing. That's right. What has that experience been like for you? Well, that's another thing where, uh, you know, God's sovereignty really has helped me tremendously. So if I had continued to lead worship for our adults, and continue to grow and maybe even eventually did go on staff at a church. Yeah. I mean the the time commitments around all those things may not have lent themselves to what I'm doing now. Whereas now for the past 2 years the beta testers for Audio Fusion have been this group of middle school and high school students that I've yeah, been right. serving because nobody at our church cares what our <laughs> ministry is playing with and yeah. so you know we we bought our own gear yeah. we tried our own stuff and if we try this brand new in-ear monitoring system with yeah. our 34th and 5th graders yeah they don't care right if i had tried to bring that to the the main adult a lot more red tape to oh my goodness yeah are you guys using tracks with the 3rd and 4th grade kids we're well we're not using tracks on every single song but yeah we definitely sound better when we do. Yeah, right. And so it's really just a function of time. And yep. if the students have the ability and the time, if they practice in the week leading up to it, usually we'll, we'll be able to pull it off. I mean, you would think that it'd be easier to play to a track, but you know, you gotta, you know, they have to be familiar with it. They have to practice with it. Totally. And so there have been times when we start off playing with the track and we end up having to turn it off halfway through the song or, um, yeah. but that's part of the learning process for them is to, to understand that, to hear it, yep. uh, you know, play with it. Yeah. Train them while they're young. That's right. So tell us about like Audio Fusion. Where did this idea even come from? Bring us to the moment where the light bulb turned on, the sparks flew, and you're like, what? I need to do this. So Kevin Slick, my co-founder, he was a software engineer, software engineering manager at Dell, and he lived in our neighborhood. And so when we started this campus back in 2009, I led worship for the adults the first year. He was leading the tech team. He ran sound and you know led that whole the whole team. In fact, he ended up doing that for I think the first three years purely as a volunteer. Yep. And so every single week, as we were setting up and tearing down, we're we're running Cat five cables, we're setting up Avion boxes, and he, as a networking engineer, he's going, "This is just digital networking. What are we doing? These boxes, you know, these devices that we have in our pocket are." Yep. so much more powerful than, than those proprietary hardware boxes that everybody has on their stages. So he started working on it, but he was working on it for at least two or three years before I found out about it. And so we bumped yeah. into each other and he told me what he was working on. And I said, oh, I got to hear a demo. And so it was a few months after that, that I finally talked him into letting us try it live for the very first time. So it's been a couple of years since we've done that. And I've slowly started selling less and less computer components and started spending more and more time on Audio Fusion. Yep. And so now for the past two years, this has been my- Your full-time Audio Fusion. This has been my full-time- And volunteering at Awana. Yes. You know what I love about your story is that, because I know there's a lot of worship leaders who are probably listening to this that can relate to that. 
They're like, I want to be playing on the main stage or whatever, main weekend, but I'm still in Awana volunteering. What I like about your story is that it's not like we're telling a story of like, you know, I really wanted to do this. And then so for the past eight years, I've been volunteering at Awana. And then the Lord did a miracle. And now I'm like on tour with Chris Tomlin and <laughs> have a record, like gold record. That's right. Your story, unless there's something you, have, you haven't told us yet, has ended with, and it's not over yet, but where you're at now, it's like, and I'm still volunteering at Awana. That's and, right. And I'm doing what the Lord has for me. Like, it's not like this is some sort of like, listen to Brandon's story about how like, if you just wait long enough, then all of a sudden you're going to have a platinum record or whatever. Right. And like I said, I, you know, we, we can make our plans and we can, we can decide we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But at the end of the day, it really is just Lord willing. Yeah. We'll do this and we'll do that. We'll go to this city and that city. Yeah. I mean, I do still hope that, that our worship leadership will eventually come and hear me maybe play at CR. Maybe they're listening to this podcast. Maybe they will. (laughs) We'll see. Right. I, I mean, I would love to, uh, but God has me in this place and doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think a lot like you, so I, I believe that we'll be able to resource the church in a way that... With Audio Fusion. With Audio Fusion, that all, yep. a lot of churches will be able to do yep. music better. Music is one of the primary ways that we engage yeah. with people. And so the better you can hear, the better you can perform. Yeah, Totally. In your monitors, I don't know what I would do without Absolutely. them for sure. Yeah. And I do want to say that I think that what you're doing with Awana and anybody who's listening to this that's leading worship for students, for kids, I think it's so incredibly important. I was actually just talking to my wife yesterday because we're having a baby in March. And we were talking about how just like the importance of teaching them the word of God. Right. And like hiding like scripture in their heart, you know, like because my dad... Growing up my whole life, my dad was teaching us scripture songs. He right, would write scripture right. songs. I mean, literally from like when I was like two years old, every like day I feel like he was singing these scripture songs to us and teaching them to us. And they still come to memory just at random times. Yeah, like I'll absolutely. be experiencing something in the day and that song, that scripture will come to my mind. And it's just crazy how powerful that is and how those are little, you know, weapons <laughs> to be using during the day when you're facing like fear or anxiety. And so anyways, all that to say though, I think that worship leading for students, worship leading for kids is way, I guess the word I would say for lack of a better word, like is undervalued. Like I feel like people look over that as if it's like not as important. And I think that's probably why I've gravitated so much toward that yeah. fourth, fifth, sixth grade yeah. space. You know, there's so many resources available to them, you know, such huge programming for elementary age kids, kindergarten through through third grade. Yeah. But when they start to get into this fourth and fifth grade, sixth grade time, you know, they're starting to decide for themselves whether or not this is real, if this is something that they believe or if it's just something yeah. that their parents believe. But they're not old enough yet yeah. to get into junior high and high school and the big scale programming that they have for those yeah. age groups. You know, they kind of just get lost in this. Totally. I would argue that it's almost more important because it like sets the kid on a trajectory. You know, they may not even stick with it. Yeah. But I can guarantee, though, when they're like 25 and they're like, needing to come back to Christ, they're going to remember these songs that you taught them. They're going to, rem- it's going to stick with them. And they'll know that, well, Mr. Leafblad believed it was real for yeah. sure. Right, right. And it's also cool, flipping now from the spiritual back to like technical, it's cool that you're teaching these kids how to use in your monitors. Yeah. No, it's, it's awesome what they're able to do. 
so I don't teach any actual lessons. Like I don't teach any kids like how to play chords or whatever yeah. on the guitar. All I do is I just give them a place where they can serve, you know, and so many kids they'll play guitar hero and then they'll finally talk their parents into getting them a guitar yep. and then they take a few lessons, but you know, what do they do from there? There's no place for them to, right. to use that. Right. So that's all I'm doing is I'm just trying to give them a place where they can use their talents and, yep. and see right. if this is something that they want to pursue. So. Right. So Brandon, for those of us who are a full-time worship leader at a church or maybe like the head of the music department at our church, what would you say are some things that, you know, worship directors, worship leaders, could do to make it easier on volunteer worship musicians like yourself? Sure. I think the biggest challenge that volunteers have is just the time that they spend practicing and doing what they need to do to get prepared versus family and versus the time right. that they should be spending working or yeah, making, balancing it yeah. all together. And so I think probably the biggest tip that I would give to full-time worship leaders is just schedule your stuff out far enough in advance that people have time to mm. rehearse and prepare on their schedule. Yeah. I mean, if you're putting stuff up you know, two, night. three days before Sunday, yeah. you're compressing the amount of time into which that they have to try and spend time preparing. And so it potentially can create conflict yeah. at home, which... Oh gosh, not I'm be. way guilty of that. Yeah. Well, I, I like I procrastinate. Too. I get my set lists up like, yeah, Wednesday night, Thursday yeah. night. Which, yeah. you're right, is not enough time for volunteers to practice it. Because, yeah, I mean, that's a great tip. I mean, I've been on both sides of it. You feel like you want to allow the spirit move, you know, space to yeah. move. And, and, you know, as you prepare for your Sunday morning experience and what you want to, to bring for people. But just schedule it all out in advance yep. and then use your time in preparation to use the things that you've already chosen to, to bring. Right and you know find those in new and fresh ways as opposed to trying to create those you know a few yeah. days before so wow yeah that's a great great advice right there so tell us a little bit about audio fusion like what's next what's the state of audio fusion right now and what can we expect coming so audio fusion's been out for a few months it's really exciting we've got a lot of churches and a lot of bands that are already using it uh, but the biggest thing is that we've just released a new version of Soundcaster, which is a free download. It doesn't come with any permanent connections, but it does have a new gear test mode. It's a mode that you can put the software in to try it with your console, try it with your instruments, hear it for yourself. Um, you can run it full speed for 15 minutes at a time, so you yep. can make sure that your Wi-Fi router is capable of handling mm, uh, right. that many devices. So that will be huge for people to, to be able to hear it for themselves, to experience the sound quality right. and uh, decide that that's for them. Right. But it's available now, right? Audiofusion.com or what? Audiofusionsystems.com. Okay. You can read all about it. And then eventually it's a, a download from the Mac App Store. So it's super easy. Uh, if you can get audio into the computer, just like a DAW, yep. then you've got everything that you need for Audio Fusion. So Okay. That's awesome. I feel like this interview was almost more for me just because I really enjoy talking to like-minded people. I feel like we're almost the same, you know, like split <laughs> entrepreneur, split worship leader, but running companies that are resourcing churches and resourcing worship leaders and having a passion and a heart for that. Yeah, finding something that is kingdom-minded that right. is also something that I'm super passionate about. It's the best. Right. And thank you for leading for Awana for so many years. <laughs> I do think it's a it makes a massive difference 
in these yeah. kids' lives. And if you're listening to this podcast and you lead worship for Rwanda, don't ever make that a small thing. That's that right. That is a major thing. That's right. And it's so powerful. So, Brandon, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Good talking. Hey, community. Our featured indie spotlight this month is Pikes Peak Worship. They're the worship band from Pikes Peak Christian Church in Colorado Springs. They released their second album, King of Heaven, in October 2018. Let's hear from them now. Hey, everybody. This is Matt Ross of Pikes Peak Worship. We're so excited to have released our new album, King of Heaven, as a gift to the body of Christ, as an expression of worship to God that we are just so grateful for who he is and what he's done in our lives. We had to do something about it. We had to make some music. So we wrote these songs to be sung in churches to help put voice to what you feel as well, to your your love for Jesus. And so we hope that they resonate with you. He is the King of Heaven. He's worthy of it all. And just like Jesus said, we're to give all of it to him. And so we hope you like it and we hope you can worship along with us. Thanks, Matt. Now let's listen to their song, With You, I Am. This is Community Talk. All right, Derek, what'd you think of that interview? Oh, it was good. Brandon has a heart for whatever role he's in, and that was very apparent, and I really liked that. Whatever ministry he's in, you could tell that he puts himself in it and cares about it and cares about the people, Right, which was really cool. And I think even when we hear this a lot, I think it's been a common theme in our podcast is like being content and trusting God in whatever role you serve in. Even though we know that and we maybe think we're good at it, I think all of us want the 500-person, 1,000-person <laughs> service mm-hmm. where we get to stand on stage and lead that all the time. And like that's our job and come out with the next big single. Like I think we, we all want that. We all have that pride. And it's not bad to want that and strive for that, but it's just been a common theme um, over the last, I don't know, 10 podcasts we've had just of be content where God has you and keep working hard and praying for your next opportunities and take those opportunities, but don't be prideful or angry or seem above whatever role you're given. Yeah, I think that's the key word, prideful. The thing about this is it comes down to just humility of like being content with whatever God has for you and then doing it the best you can. Mm -hmm. And that's really all you're responsible for. Yeah. We can't just like generate these opportunities. We can try to generate opportunities, Mm -hmm. but it has to come from the Lord. And all we... Are required to do is just be faithful with what God has given us. Yeah. Whether that be a crowd of three or a crowd of 3,000. What else stood out to you? Uh, he talks about one time he was leading worship or for a period of time where the congregation had a really low lack of engagement. I think a lot of our listeners and us have been there where it's like, is it me? Uh, that yeah. they're not, like nobody's raising their hands, nobody's yeah, right. even singing. Looks like people are tired and don't want to be here. And you brought up something that someone told you once that if the lack of engagement is because of you, then are you saying that the positive engagement is because, because of, you? of you? 
which is a very dangerous and not good way to think about it because it's all because of God. And right. so it kind of relates to the last point of just doing your best and trusting God and praying that there is engagement, praying that even if you can't physically see it, that people's hearts are still being moved and they're still just there and worshiping. I feel like that's a very, very common struggle that worship leaders have of getting off the stage, going back into the green room or whatever, walking out back into the hallway and talking with everybody and being like, oh man, like everyone was just like dead, mm-hmm. you know? And it's such an easy temptation to then just think that it's because of something you did. Right. Like, oh, we didn't lead effectively or, oh, the sound must have been horrible or, oh, it's just we picked bad songs yeah. or all sorts of things you can like try to tie it to. And I feel like it's just a very bad habit to get into right. of thinking that it's because of something you did. You know, of course, we need to like be doing everything we can to lead effectively mm-hmm. and well. But that's it. Like do your best with what you have and leave the rest to God. Yeah. And we have to keep that mindset no matter what. Yeah. And that goes into even his next point about the breadth of worship right. and leaving that up to God. Because we can work hard on the depth and making sure what we're presenting is meaningful, making sure we're praying about the songs we pick, making sure we're all practicing together and going up there and leading faithfully. But the amount of people, the breadth, how big of a reach it has, how big a reach a song we write has, that's all up to God. Yep, totally. Oh man, it's good. These are all very good reminders for worship leaders. I love Brandon's heart because yeah, he's just super chill and laid back. He was actually here in Chicago, I remember. Mm -hmm. He has a very just humble spirit and attitude to him where he's just like, hey, whatever you throw at me, cool, I'll do it. Yeah. And so I can totally, I've never seen him lead worship before, but I can totally picture him leading worship for Awana for a bunch of, you know, crazy fourth graders. Yeah. And I'm sure he's like giving it his all. And I think that's a good model because I think that it would be very easy for worship leaders to be like, oh gosh. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Like, that's not, what a waste of time. Right. And like, I got to be leading on the main stage when really I think leading for Awana is like better time spent, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Because like leading and teaching kids how to worship is so important because it sets them up for the rest of their life. And I think kids are way more moldable and like teachable and shapeable than adults who are like kind of more cement, you know, and kids are like clay, way more moldable and just ready to like soak it in. We need to like be keeping our brains and attitudes open to like all these different possibilities of how is God going to use you and letting God measure that. Like don't measure it ourselves of like, oh, that's small Mm -hmm. or oh, that's big. Yeah. Like let God make that decision. So I think it's awesome. Derek, it's been good hanging out. Yeah. We've got a bunch of great podcasts planned for 2019. We'd love to hear from you. If you listen, email us at podcast at loopcommunity.com and leave us a review and subscribe. And thanks so much for being a part of the community. Have you found the Loop Community Podcast helpful? Tell a friend, tell your worship band, tell everyone you know. And also, don't forget to subscribe.